All right. Hey, welcome again to River Ridge Church. If you are watching this tape delay sometime, this is shrapnel from the baby dedication right here. So glad it came out that end and not the other end. So, <laughs> hey, um, so many of you participated in Big Kick uh, last weekend, and it's been great just to hear stories and see pictures online and all the different stuff, the great successes and wins and so forth that came out of uh, the church left the building last weekend. We didn't have church here. We went and we had church in the community. We worshiped God by serving people out in the community. And uh, there's one project I want to share with you. And I, there's tons of stories I could share, but this is the team who went to Bridgeview Elementary. And, uh, and they did a project where they took a garden, or not a garden, but a bed, I guess you'd call it. And so here's the, uh, the bed here, a picture of it. Before they started, it was kind of covered in weeds and grass and all that kind of stuff. And then this is what it looked like after they were done. Isn't that transformation just amazing? I love to see that. And here's a before and after picture next to each other. And, and I selected this project um, because of the great before and after picture because I think in so many ways, this demonstrates, it's a visual illustration of why we do the churches left the building. Because you look at this little bed and what it does is it's transformed from this overgrown type of a thing to something that is beautiful. And that's such a picture of what God is doing in our lives. He takes us from wherever we are and the mess that we are, and he transforms our lives. And that's why we do the churches left the building, because we want to go into the community, and we want to be God's hands and feet in the community so that God will transform people's lives. Jesus said this. He said, let your light shine before men that they may see your Father and glorify him. And that's why we do what we do, because we want to see transformation in people's lives. People go from death to life, from old to new. And by serving the community, that enables that to happen. We get lots of feedback um, from people that we've helped and so forth. And I want to read just one um, thank you note that we got. And this is from a principal at a different elementary school, but she was not there the day that we did the work last Sunday, but she came in on Monday and saw the difference and she wrote this. She said, Rebecca, I, that's the project leader. She said, I can't even find the words to describe how grateful I am, how grateful I am feeling. It was unbelievable to come in this morning and see the amazing work that happened here during Churches Left the Building. We are truly blessed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And she signs her name. If you served as a project manager, if you served either on Sunday or a rain-delayed project for the week, Thank you, because you are making a difference in our community. You're transforming a garden or a building or a meal or whatever it is, but ultimately, we are part of transforming lives as part of what God is doing. We're in this sermon series titled, God Is, and we're looking at all the different characteristics of who God is, and each week, we look at a different characteristic, but as I was thinking about this and praying through this this week, I realized that... The characteristics of God are not silos. It's not like, here's a characteristic, here's a characteristic, here's a characteristic. But a lot of the characteristics of God kind of run together with who God is. And one of the characteristics about God that I was thinking about a lot this week, and we're going to focus on this in the month of May in the sermon and in some other ways, is that God is a servant. That God is a servant. And, you know, uh, Paul wrote this. He said, he said about Jesus, he said, 
Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. So if you want to know what God is like, then look at the life of Jesus, and that gives you a picture of the character of God. And so as we talk about these different characteristics of God, we can look at Jesus and see that. And this is what Jesus said about himself. He said, for even the Son of Man, that's how he referred to himself, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That one of the characteristics of God is that God is a servant. And we see that in all the different characteristics that we look at. Today, we're going to talk about God is speaking. Why does God speak? God speaks because he wants to serve us. Next week, we're going to talk about God is a provider. God is my provider. Why does God provide for us? Because God is a servant. That is part of his nature. And so what we as a church, we as the family of God want to do and be about is we want to imitate that. And so one of the things, one of the core values of River Ridge is that we are contributors, not consumers. We are contributors, not consumers, because God is a servant. And so this morning, as we talk through God is speaking, part of what I want you to hear, I'm gonna, we're going to share how do we hear from God and why does God speak and those types of things and how does God speak. But part of what I hope will happen this morning is that you will think about how does God want me to participate in what he's doing? If you remember uh, a few months ago, we went to the book of Ephesians, and we talked about this idea that we were made for more. We were made for more than just getting up, going to work, eating, going to bed, and doing the whole thing the next day, that God made us for more. And part of that is through serving in God's kingdom and through serving in God's church. And so when you came in, you had a little green paper that was handed to you uh, by the greeters saying, here's some places that you can serve. And so we're going to talk about this morning about God speaking, but my hope is that through this, there'll also be a dialogue with you and God saying, God, where do you want me to serve over this next year? Or do you want me to serve as part of the Big Kick Outreach in June? So that hope that that's going on as a dialogue in your head as well. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, um, God, just for the opportunity to, to bless babies and to bless parents, to be together in worship. And God, as we talk about God is speaking, I pray that you would speak loudly this morning. God, that you would help us to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the, the message is God is speaking, and you all know that today is Mother's Day. How many of you have done Mother's Day stuff already? Yeah, some of you not. Okay, so. By the way, like uh, my job is to honor my mom. Uh, last year, I washed my hands of my wife, who is not my mom, but my kid's mom, <laughs> right? And I said to them last year, I said, you are on your own, kids. If it's great, good for you. If it sucks, not my problem. You, so I absolve myself. So I hope it's going well over there. So where was I going? Oh, I know where I was going. It's Mother's Day. It's, this is like ADD Sunday here. So, um, But, you know, here's the thing is um, the message of this one, we're talking about God is speaking. We're not going to talk specifically about Mother's Day. Um, but here's the thing I firmly believe. As we talk about thanking mothers, as we talk about honoring mothers, whether it's the mother who you're married to or your own mother, 
I think one of the things that honors them the most is if we get our relationship with God right. If we can hear God speak, that's going to help us to honor and be thankful towards our mother. So that's kind of where we're going this morning. So here's the question we're going to wrestle with is, does God speak? Or maybe the question is, does God still speak? Because we can look back at the Old Testament and go, well, God spoke then. We look at the New Testament and we say, well, God spoke mainly in the form of Jesus then. We say, well, does, I realize he probably spoke then, but does he still speak now? And we're going to wrestle with this question a little bit. But as you look at the Old Testament, you see lots of examples, lots of stories about God speaking. You have the story of Abraham. God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to leave where you're living and go to the land that I will show you. We have the story of Moses. And Moses is out tending sheep, and all of a sudden this bush lights on fire, and it doesn't go out. And Moses, what's going on? And God spoke out of the burning bush and said, I want you to lead the people of Israel, lead the, lead the Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land, to the land that I show you in what we would call modern-day Israel. Now, there's the story of Gideon. And maybe you know this story. It's in the book of Judges. But God says to Gideon, I want you to lead my army against the invaders. And Gideon's like, I'm not sure that this is really you talking, God. And so I'm not really sure this is what you're saying. And so I'm going to put out a fleece. And so he puts out a piece of wool on the ground overnight. And he says, tomorrow, if the wool is wet and the ground is dry, the wool is wet from the dew and the ground is dry, then I'm going to know that this is from you. Right? And so he wakes up the next morning, and it's, and it's oh, sorry, I'm getting a little distracted there. <laughs> so he wakes up the next morning, and in fact, the wool is wet and the, dry, and the ground is dry. And he goes, well, that could have been a coincidence. So he, the next night, he does the same thing, except he says the opposite. He says, God, if the wool is dry and the ground is wet, did I get that right? The other way around. You know what I'm talking about. The other way around. The other way around, he says, I don't know, it's from you. And he wakes up, and sure enough, that's how it was. Yeah, and so we hear that, and we're like, I wish that God would speak to me like that, with that sort of clarity. But he doesn't always seem to speak with that sort of clarity. You know, it's interesting. We're going to talk about, you know, how does God speak and, and so forth this morning. But uh, I did something that I sometimes do when I do sermons, sometimes I don't do. But I typed in a Google search. And I said, why does God speak? Right? Why does God speak? Because we always want to know how is God speaking, but, we, but I asked the question of Google, and I said, why does God speak? And the first 20 answers had nothing to do with why does God speak. Every one of them was how does God speak? But I think if God speaks, we need to first ask that question, why does God speak to us? Why would God speak to us? And we see as we look at the Old Testament, this very clear reason, which is this, is God speaks to give us direction. God speaks to give us direction. That's why he spoke to Moses, and he spoke to Gideon, and he spoke to Abraham, and, and all these different characters. He spoke to give them direction. He does the same thing for us. In the book of Ephesians, it says that we are God's workmanship, created to do the good works that God created in advance for us to do. So God has good works that he wants us to do, and so he created us to go and do those good works. 
look at the New Testament, right? And we see Jesus, who is God, speaking all different ways. He speaks to Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, come out of the tree. I want to be in your life. I want to come and have dinner at your house. Talks to the crowds in the Sermon on the Mount, thousands and thousands of people. And he talks to them about life. This is how you deal with anger. This is how you deal with money. This is how you deal with stress and anxiety. And he talks to them. He has conversations with the disciples where he says, stop living like this and start living like this. And he rebukes them. He corrects them. You know, there's a story where Jesus talks to Mary and Martha. And he says to Martha, he says, Martha, you're busy doing all these things. Do what Mary's doing and sit at my feet and just be. See, all of these things, as God talks, as Jesus talks, he's talking to people for this reason, because God speaks because he cares about my life. God cares about your life. He cares about the details of your life. Even says that God knows the number of hairs on your head. That's how well he knows you. That's a little bit easier for me than some of you right? But God knows the number of hairs in your head. He wants to speak to the intimate details of your life. And so we look around today, and we ask this question about God speaking. And we go, does God still speak today? Because sometimes we hear people say, God spoke to me, and they do all kinds of crazy, nutty stuff in the name of God. God told me to go do this. God called me to do that. But it's this crazy, illegal kind of thing. And say, I don't really think that God spoke to you. We have a, I have a friend um, in Cincinnati. My dad has mentored him for years. And God told him to steal a van, not just a van, but a white van, and drive it to Georgia. And so he did. So I don't think that was God telling you to steal a white van and drive it to Georgia. But we hear those stories like, does God really speak? You know, or you hear somebody who's mature in Christ, who really is a follower of Christ, and they say, you know, God spoke to me and said, we're to move to Pittsburgh. God spoke to me and said, I'm going to start this ministry. God spoke to me and said, I'm to start this, or I'm, I'm supposed to have this conversation. And people say, God spoke to me. But we ask this question like, well, what does that mean God spoke to us? And I think sometimes we wish that God spoke like he did in the Old Testament, that it was an audible, out loud voice. You know, we wish it was like sort of like a service announcement on the radio. You ever been driving and all of a sudden there's that long beep that goes, whoop, and it says, this is an announcement from the National Weather Society. That's not the right accent, but you know, it's a, that's a weird accent. <laughs> that guy was from India. <laughs> it's more of a Russian guy that does it, but it's a Russian computer, you know, tells you that a storm is moving in across northern Kanawha County and you got to, you know, take shelter or whatever it is. But we want God to do that. Boop! Serve as a second grade small group leader. And then we go, okay, I'll do it. Right? We wish that that's how God would speak. But God speaks a little differently today. But, you know, we ask this question, does God speak? But I think the question is really the wrong question. I don't think the question is, does God speak? I think the question is, are we listening? Is it God speaking? Yeah, God is speaking. But I think the issue is with us, and we need to ask the question, am I listening? Am I hearing from God? And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a little 
teeny book in the Old Testament. It's the book of Habakkuk. And if you brought your Bible, open up, try and find the book of Habakkuk. And uh, this book is um, about, it's a little hard to find. It's maybe five or six books, small books, before the book of Matthew. So that may make it a little bit easier to find. But let me set up the context here. And this is, um, it's a, a book that is, Basically, Habakkuk is having a dialogue with God. He asks some questions, and then God answers him. And he asks some questions, and God answers him. And there's two verses in here that really will help us to understand what does it mean to hear from God. And Habakkuk's questions are very honest-type questions. In, in, in many ways, it's a little bit like a, a mini-book of the book of Job. And Job is the more popular book where all this bad stuff happens to Job, and Job then questions God. And Habakkuk is sort of a microcosm of that same sort of dialogue of, God, why is this? What's going on? Why can't I hear you? But in chapter 2, there's a couple of verses that will help us to see how do we hear from God. So let me read this to you. And we'll see in the first verse, there's three ways that uh, kind of we hear from God that come from Habakkuk. And then in verse two, it's God speaking and God adds one more. Habakkuk says this, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Now, the, the kind of visual analogy that Habakkuk is using here, it's a military sort of um, kind of viewpoint to begin with. And, and imagine you know, a, a fort or a military encampment. And so there's all, you know, there's all the Israelites camped here. And then it says, and you can underline this, it says, I will take my stand at the watch post. And so what would happen is, is a member of the army would go out and would stand at whatever place, or maybe be up in a tree to have a good view, but to stand in waiting to see who would come. But it was a place that was very much separated from every place else. And that takes us to the first way to hear from God, is that we withdraw. We pull ourselves away from the hubbub and the busyness and all that goes on in life. You know, Jesus was a great example of this. As you read the New Testament, there's all these examples of Jesus leaving the crowds, leaving the disciples, and going and getting with his heavenly Father. And oftentimes when he did that, he came back and he said, okay, we're going to a new town and we're going to a new place. But it's this idea of getting away and being with God. And, and that's hard in our lives. It's hard in our society because we live such busy lives. We go from thing to thing to thing to thing, to work, to home, to there, to the practice. And we're just going, going, going all the time. And we don't slow down and withdraw so that we can hear from God. Here's a couple of suggestions of things that you might do to withdraw and to hear from God. One is this, is that maybe you need to recommit yourself to 15 minutes a day with God. Just take 15 minutes a day and read the Bible and pray and, and recommit yourself to that so that you're withdrawing every day for that time with God. You know, maybe another way that you can withdraw is when you drive, just turn the radio off. Turn the podcast off. Don't answer phone calls and just spend that time in reflection and prayer as you withdraw, as you're driving different places. If you've been around for a while, if you've been following God for a while, you're having a regular quiet time and you have a good prayer life, I would challenge you to take another step 
And we're always at Rivers talking about what's the next step of my journey with God. And I would challenge you with this, is take an extended time away. Take three or four hours with God. Go for a walk in the woods or just be in a coffee shop with your Bible and a pen and a journal or go for a long car ride on your own. But find a way to have an extended time away with God, just as a way to hear from God, to withdraw. Then it says this. It says in the second, verse, second part, it says, and station myself on the tower. So it says, I'm going to wait on God. Here's what it says in um, a different translation. It says, there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. I will wait. Again, the picture of the army is the guy goes out to the watchtower, the watch post, and he goes out there and he doesn't just go, oh, things are good, and then goes back in. He goes out and he stays. He's watchful for what will come. And the same way we are waiting and watchful for what God will say to us. But this, again, this is so hard in our society and so hard in the way that we live our lives because we want everything quicker, don't we? Like, if my phone is too slow, I want a new, faster phone. If my internet connection is slow, I upgrade. I get a faster internet. If my computer is slow and I'm watching the little line go across or worse, the little pinwheel that just says loading, loading, loading. I'm like, come on, let's go. And I love fast technology as much as the next person. But the problem is that we take that same expectation and we put it on God. We say, God, let's go. Let's go. Let's hurry up. God, what's the answer to this? And there's no answer. We're like, well, maybe God doesn't speak anymore. Or maybe it's because we're not good at waiting on God for the answer. Waiting is a part of it. Here's the third one. It comes from this last part. It says this. It says, look out and see what he will say to me. It's this idea of God speaking. And here it is. The third one is that we listen. We listen. The third way to hear from God is that we listen. And, and I realize that listen and hear are almost synonyms, um, but you're, you probably had a teacher or a mom somewhere in your life that said, you heard me, but you didn't listen, right? Yeah, I heard the words, but I didn't really listen to what you said. And so that's what we're getting at here, is that God is speaking, but are we listening to what he says? And there's a number of different ways that God speaks to us and that we can listen to, different places that we can listen. Let me give you maybe four or five of these um, of where or how do we listen. God speaks to us through the Bible. The Bible is full of things of God speaking to us. God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. That as we're walking, as we're doing life, that the Holy Spirit whispers and prompts us with actions. God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. God speaks to us through people. You know, you have a conversation, somebody says something, and it clicks. It's like, that's God speaking to me through that word of encouragement or that word of challenge, that word of whatever, and that God uses people to speak to us. God, believe it or not, uses sermons from time to time. I guess I'm a person, so I count in that category, right? But, but God will use people and also sermons to speak to us. Here's two more ways. God will often speak to us through our circumstances. He'll open a door. He'll close the door. He'll shut some way off. We have to go some other way. That God will speak to us through our circumstances. 
And then the last way, and this is probably the most difficult way, and this is the way that we don't like God to speak, but it's one of the most powerful ways that God speaks, is God speaks to us through our pain, through the difficulties that we have in life, through the storms of life, the hard stuff. God speaks to us through that. We don't want to go through that, but yet God will utilize that as a way to grab our attention and to speak the truth that he needs to speak to us. Then we go on to verse uh, 2. It says this, it says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. The idea of to run after God when we read it, when we read what we've written down. Part of hearing from God is remembering what he has said, and writing it down is so helpful with that. I um, Probably the most powerful time that God spoke to me and the most powerful thing that he's ever said was when I was in college. And I was, I don't know, 18 or 19 years old, and I'd been a Christian for a few years, and I, and I felt like I was at a place where I was just kind of stagnant in my relationship with God. I feel like I wasn't learning a whole lot more about him. I, felt, I didn't feel that close to him oftentimes, but I was, I was regularly reading the Bible five or 10 minutes a day, maybe a little bit longer, a little bit shorter some days, but just I was doing that regular discipline but not feeling like I was connecting with God. And so I can remember very vividly, I was walking, and I'd kind of, again, it was sort of, I was withdrawn, I'd, you know, kind of looking at this. I, didn't, I had no idea at the time who Habakkuk was, but it was a very Habakkuk-esque sort of experience. I had withdrawn, I'd been asking God for a little while, like, God, I'm kind of frustrated, I was waiting on God, and then God spoke to the Holy Spirit. And this is what God said, and this was not an out loud, audible voice, but it may have been out loud and audible because it was that clear to me. And this is what God said. God said, Matt, why should I teach you anything if you don't remember it? Write it down. Matt, why should I teach you anything if you are not going to remember it? So write down what I teach you. It was, again, as clear as though it had been out loud. And so from that day on, I began to write what God taught me when I read the Bible. And it started out just like a sentence, maybe two sentences, maybe even a couple of words or an application. And now it's you know, about a page of a journal, probably four or five days a week. But when God speaks, I write it down. Why? Because God said, remember what I told you. And so then every six weeks or so, I'll go back and I'll read everything that God said to me over the last six or eight weeks. And then once a year in late August or early September, I'll read everything that God told me over the last year and I'll write it down again, those kind of the highlights. Because God wants to speak to you. God is speaking, but it's a question of, are we listening to what God is saying? When we started, I said, I I want you to understand how to hear from God, that God is speaking. But I also said, I'd love for this to be this dialogue going on about serving and that we are made for more. And in the seat back in front of you, right in front of your knees, there's a little card, a little green card that says made for more. And I have to ask you to pull that out. If everybody could pull that out. And if you are currently serving at Riverridge Church, man, that's awesome. You can stick that back in there. But if you're not serving... I would challenge you to start serving. 
Because God has made you for more. And part of this is listening and saying, God, where do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to serve? And and here's the thing about this. Uh, The question that we ask is not, God, should I serve? That's already been answered. All throughout the Bible, God says, serve, serve, serve. Use your passion. Use your gifts to serve. The question that we need to be asking is not, should I serve? Do you want me to serve? The question is, God, where do you want me to serve? Show me where. And you may not know where that is, and that's okay. And you can, there's a little box on here, a little circle you can check that says, help me find a place to serve. If you're not really sure, check that box. We'll contact you and help you figure that out. And we'll be praying for you, and you can pray that God will show you. Um, but man, God wants so much for you. Not just from you, but God wants so much for you. And a big part of that is when we serve, because we are contributors, not consumers. And we hear from God and we say, okay, I'm going to follow that. We're going to take up our offering in just a minute. And the the video uh, is a woman named Angie who goes to church here. And she heard from God about starting this thing at an after-school club in Sissonville. And this is her story about how God prompted her to go. And so as you watch this, if you're new here, uh, please drop your Connect card in the bucket. Uh, We'd love to find out who you are. Uh, if you've been around for a while and you're not serving, um, please drop this in the, in the bucket. We would love to get you on board, plugged in, serving in some capacity. Uh, and then for everybody else, this is our regular offering time uh, to give back to God. Because Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Um, God, you speak to us. You care about the intimate details of our lives. And you want to give us direction in life. And God, I pray that we would hear from you through your word, through your Holy Spirit. God, give us that time and that space to watch and to wait and to withdraw and and to write those things down that you teach us, Lord. God, we are so thankful that you are a personal God that loves us and cares for us and wants to communicate with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, We'll see you next week as we talk about God is my provider.